Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's a hump day home and home with some fascinating hires in the NFL. Breakneck speed. Are they hiring head coaches? And now Cleveland is on the clock with a whole host of candidates to bring in. We'll break them all down here. And also, what sports moment would you tattoo on your body we have a, ho- a guest coming up who tattooed the Miles Garrett helmet swinging incident, tattooed that on his body. We will ask him why in the world would he choose that particular moment in sports history. Home and home radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check him out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Smartest way to hire in 2020. Strangest way to hire in the NFL right now by moving so quickly Although it makes sense when you want to snag Ron Rivera, when you want to get Mike McCarthy not to leave town and Matt Rule not to go to the Giant, not to go to the Giants. And then the Giants, though, that's the baffling one. Why do they move so quickly with a 38-year-old special teams coordinator, Joe Judge? We'll break that all down this morning. But we start this morning on Hump Day with the question we asked you on Twitter yesterday: what professional athlete deserves a beating. Would you like to see step in the ring and take a beating? We asked that because Antonio Brown challenged a YouTube star, Logan Paul, to a fight. Logan Paul stuck the landing. I'll drop you faster than the Patriots. Ross, uh, look, I had a lot of answers for this. I think Colin Kaepernick, I'd like to see him step into the ring. And I certainly would like to see Philip Rivers take a few shots to the jaw. Yeah, well, you know my answer. I, I want it to be Belichick, and I want it to be the Patriots beat writers. I want it to be like <laughs> Digstown, the movie Digstown, and every every Patriots beat writer gets one round in the ring against Belichick because he's so condescending. He's such an ass to them in those press conferences. I can you imagine? I mean, you worked there, Dave. If yep. I was there. For like 10 years, I mean, I would daydream about getting a chance to push, punch him in the face if I were a member of the media. I actually liked him as a player, but if I was somebody there for 10 years asking those questions and being like, no, 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 oh, I would daydream about getting a chance to hit that dude. I worked uh, as essentially a beat reporter in Boston for six seasons. And while my first first few years were hating those press conferences, I came to appreciate it. I came to laugh off the, the, gr- the grumpy, angry answers and really look for the nuggets in there. We became we had a little game where we'd like to quiz Belichick about a moment six, seven, eight, ten years ago in his career and see how well he could remember it. And every time he remembered the incident with incredible encyclopedic photographic knowledge of the very moment and the situation. So yeah, I don't know. I would be curious how the guys that have been there, you know, 10, 15 years, 
I think they've probably come to appreciate it and laugh it off. But I did love your answer, and I'd love to see it. Although, I, I tell you, some of those beat reporters would take a beating. Mike Reese is awesome, but Belichick would crush him. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. But, uh, I'm, you know what? I think Mike's a little feistier than you think. I'd, li- I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Mike. I think Mike can, I, I think Mike can probably move pretty well. All right, well, one guy that was not in love with our take, our uh, concept, our discussion, our question for the viewer was Steven Ruiz. He's the lead NFL writer for the win. Got to follow them on Twitter. Always outstanding conversations being out there. Let me me get the first question here, okay? Can I get the first question, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Please. Steven, why do you hate me? Why do you hate me? I don't hate you. I hate your takes. And specifically, I hate your Kyle Allen takes. <laughs> so do right. I. So does so does Dave, by the way. So you guys you guys will team up on me on that one. But let's start with the segment we did yesterday. Because um, I got to be honest with you, Stephen. I, I was not familiar with your work until you started tweeting me and making it clear you hated me. And then now I've been following you a little more. So maybe it works. Maybe that's what we should all do. Just make it clear you hate somebody and then you can get their attention that way. But one of our millennials, actually he's not even a millennial. What's he, Dave? Generation Z? What's Jordan? Generation Z? Z. Yeah. He came up with the idea after the Antonio Brown thing. And we thought it was a good idea. He's like, who in, who in uh, professional sports would you like to see get, get in a fight, get in, a, get in the ring? And so I tweeted, which current sports figure would you most like to see get the crappy out of them, like Logan Paul would do to AB? Kind of joking there, but whatever. And you said, um, you tweeted, Stephen, this is a very cool and definitely not unhinged segment to do. So you were very critical of the segment, and we wanted to afford you the, uh, the platform to explain why. Have you guys talked to anybody on Twitter? Have you seen sports fans on Twitter? I feel like they take a question like that and run with it. And some of the comments, the replies to that tweet were pretty unhinged, I'd say. Uh, I like athletes. They entertain us. I don't want to see the crap get beat out of any of them. I mean, maybe there's some that deserve to be punished by the law, but I don't know if I want to see any of them get the crap beat out of them. That's not why I watch sports. That's not why we watch sports either. There's there's no one you'd like to see in all of sports today or in the past step in the ring and and exchange a few blows. Nobody. That's a different question. Like, I want to see some guys box, but I don't want to see guys get the crap beat out of them just to see them get the crap beat out of them. I mean, like I said, there are some guys that are obviously not good people. I'd put Antonio Brown in that category. But that's like... A, a serious discussion about the law and stuff. I didn't want to see him just get the crap beat out of him for just because he dunked on my team one time or beat me in the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. Anybody in the media you'd like to see take a beating. Other Present than company me. Besides, besides for us. <laughs> oh, okay. We were on the same page there. Uh, no, no. Okay. All right. So, so Steven, here's my thing. Um, because you, you replied with a couple more tweets because people – was your issue that people would respond um, 
and say things like, I want to bash Clowney's head or whatever that one guy said? Or was your issue just naming anybody that you'd like to see get in a ring and get punched? Like, I thought my Belichick thing was funny. You know, right. uh, Dave thought, um, you know, Philip Rivers, because he's always talking trash. He also thought Kaepernick because of what Kaepernick said about Iran recently, and he didn't feel like Kaepernick was informed on that. Was your issue just the fact that we were naming people or that it could in, in, in encourage people on Twitter to take it to another level that was not where we were taking it, where they're like right. verbally describing the people in the way they want to see them smashed or whatever? Yeah, it was mostly that second thing. But I mean, even the first part is a little, I don't know, like beating up Colin Kaepernick because maybe he doesn't have the most informed take on Iran. I don't, I don't know about that, but. Yeah, it was mostly that second part because, like I said, have you met sports fans on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, they I are. <laughs> they are an extraordinary group. But I, want to, I, I want to see. Let, I want to get some, some takes from Stephen Ruiz here. Okay, so uh, earlier on a Radio.com affiliate, Terrell Owens was making some interesting uh, points. He suggests that the Dallas Cowboys should not want Dak Prescott. They should want someone else to play quarterback next season. Let's listen to what uh, what Terrell Owens said on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, and I want to get your take out on the other side. Listen. My other idea, I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter, my other genius idea, this is this is T.O., the GM, speaking and thinking right now. All right. They've already made the one move that I mentioned, and that's hire Mike McCarthy. In order for Jerry to get back on top and put the Dallas Cowboys um, back in contention for a legitimate Super Bowl, they have a quarterback that's a free agent in Tom Brady. That's the next move. And I'm not saying that say that to discredit or discount what Dak has done and his availability and his skill set, but I say that because he hasn't extended Dak's contract. So that leads me to believe he doesn't truly believe in Dak. If he had, then I think he would have already got a contract extension. Terrell Owens, 105.3, the fan in Dallas. I'm going to hold off my opinion on that. Steven, what do you think about that idea of Tom Brady next season over Dak Prescott in Dallas? I have to ask, when was the last time T.O. watched an NFL game? Was It had to have been before this last season because Dak was better than Tom Brady this last season. I know he had a better supporting cast, but just when you separate all that, Tom Brady missed a lot of throws that we're not used to seeing him miss. And Dak Prescott, I think, was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I know there were certain games when his accuracy let him down. He held the ball too long, but I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think it's been a year and a half since we've been able to say that about Tom Brady. So, And then there's just the age thing. I mean, you sign Tom Brady, how long are you going to get him? One, two years? I think Jerry Jones is trying to build something for the future, and Tom Brady is not going to be a part of your future. Uh, Steven, thank you. We finally actually agree on something, and uh, part of that is that T.O. clearly has no idea what he's talking about. Dak was definitely better than Brady this year. Yes, the supporting cast is part of it. I think Dak maybe until week 12 or week 13 was a very viable MVP candidate. I thought Dak was one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL for most of the season. 
You know, now that game in Philly in week 16, he was awful. And so were his receivers, but I thought he was fantastic. Uh, let's probably not listen to what T.O. says because he evidently doesn't watch the games. Um, I do watch the games when the Carolina Panthers play, Stephen. And this is how I first learned about you and your fine work at For the Win. I wrote a column in which I did not think that the Panthers should immediately reinsert Cam Newton back into the lineup. And you strongly disagreed. And again, I don't remember the tweet other than you saying, I love Kyle Allen or whatever, which wasn't really the case. But Dave thinks I love Kyle Allen too. So who knows? Maybe I do. But I wanted to give you, you the platform again to tell me why you thought I was so wrong about the Panthers leaving Kyle Allen in there. Well, I think the, the response was actually, I'm awaiting your article on Teddy Bridgewater remaining the Saints starter. But, yeah, and that, and that, and by the way, by the way, that was good. That was that was good. <laughs> but I, but I would tell you this, Stephen. I would tell you this. Number one, if the Saints did that, I would not have been in an uproar. Now, it's not what I would have done, but I would not have been in an uproar because they were rolling with Teddy Bridgewater. But the difference is, I mean, with Drew Brees, the Saints had just gone to the NFC Championship game and should have gone to the Super Bowl. They were winning. Cam had lost his last eight games in a row and clearly was not himself, whether it was his foot or shoulder or whatever, clearly wasn't himself. And my argument was that, and hopefully you have a subscription to The Athletic and you read it, not just the tweet, but my argument was it wouldn't be putting Cam in a good position. Like Kyle Allen was 5-0 and as a starter at that point. If you put Cam in... As soon as they lose a game, people will be like, oh, see, put Kyle back in. My argument was, as long as they're winning with Kyle Allen, let him stay in there. And then after Kyle Allen loses a game or two, then you put Cam in. I just felt like it'd be a much better position to even reinsert Cam. Agree or disagree? Uh, I disagree just because I think fan opinion maybe yes. Because I, think, I do think fans in Charlotte are hard on Cam Newton. Certain fans are, but I think in the locker room, those players realize they see these players every day in practice. I mean, maybe they haven't seen a healthy Cam since the beginning of last year. And I will say, at the beginning of last year, Cam was an MVP candidate. They were six and two when he was putting up career numbers. So I think it hasn't been that long since we've seen a Cam Newton that you could build around. But I think if you put in Cam Newton, the locker room understands why you're putting in Cam Newton. He's obviously the more talented player, he's the better player. I thought that Kyle Allen's stats at the time looked better than his actual play. He fumbled a lot. That didn't show up in the interception stats. I thought he left a lot of plays on the field. That's not going to show up either. And I thought the offense was really set up to make his job easier. But I did read your article, and I thought one of the big things was that the locker room, they're winning, and the locker room might rebel if you change things up. And I don't think that would have happened because I think that locker room does rally around Cam. If you hear the quotes about them, especially like at the end of the year, they're all saying like Cam's our quarterback. If we're if Cam was in there, I think Gerald McCoy said if Cam was playing, we would have been a playoff team. So I don't think you would have gotten any blowback from the locker room. And that's actually what matters. The fans don't matter. We agree on Kyle Allen. I always felt like he was a guy you 
a girl, if you will, that you'd date, but never a girl you'd marry. Because ultimately, in that conversation, it's all about a ring. And I never felt like Kyle Allen is a guy that's going to get you a ring. A guy who has six rings, Tom Brady writing on Instagram this morning, a long, long post, two pages, I think, takes me at least two pages to get to. Uh, There's a post on this on For the Win right now, in which Tom Brady ends this long post, 391,000 likes. You can learn from failure. Pick yourself up with great enthusiasm and place yourself in the arena again. And that's right where you will find me because I know I still have more to prove. Tom Brady clearly does not have more to prove having six Super Bowl rings, but what do you make of the Instagram post? What do you think uh, is the ending for Tom Brady? Is it in New England, elsewhere, and if so, where? Uh, I think it's elsewhere. He's definitely going to keep playing. He's made that clear. I, I've i heard the Chargers. I think Chris Collinsworth said the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. I don't see that. If you're Tom Brady, you're looking for a good coaching staff. I think a good offensive line and a division you can win in. And I don't think the Chargers give them any of that. If I'm Tom Brady, I'm probably going to go to the Colts. I like their coaching staff. I think they have one of the best offensive lines in the league and they play in the AFC South. So he could win that division. And I think going to a Patriots rival is something that he'd be interested in. He's a hyper competitive guy. I think he senses the Patriots are kind of maybe giving up on him. I think there was that report about uh, Belichick preferring Jimmy G over him until the owner stepped in and then trading Jimmy G. So I think he has something to prove against Belichick too. I would not be surprised if he ends up in Indy. Yeah, I still think, Stephen, that he ends up in New England. I think that Robert Kraft is going to put a lot of pressure on Belichick to bring him back. And like he did a couple years ago when Belichick wanted to, at some point, transition to Jimmy Garoppolo, I, you know, maybe Belichick gives him the stiff arm and maybe Belichick says it's him or me to craft. I just don't think Belichick feels that strongly about it or feels that good that he could get somebody else that's better for the next year or two. I think he's probably going to hassle him on the contract like he always does. But ultimately, I think that Kraft can do it in a way with the upfront signing bonus that they'll figure it out. So I still think it's most likely he's in New England, but it'll be very interesting. I, I said, ever since I was there, uh, Stephen, I was there in 05 and 06, I always said that he would end up somewhere else because he would never think that he couldn't play anymore. Like, I just know the way he is. And like the way he is where he just he put on Instagram, I got more to prove. I mean, the fact that he's going to be 43 and he says he's got more to prove is why he's Tom Brady. And I knew at some point Belichick would say, yeah, no, you're not the same guy anymore. But Brady wouldn't feel that way. So we'll see. I I always predicted that that would happen. But now I'm saying I think he stays in New England. I did want to ask you a couple more things, Stephen. I'm going to be in the booth Saturday night for the Ravens and the Titans. And I pulled up your column on Dean Pease. I didn't get a chance to read it yet, uh, but I have it on my phone and I'm looking forward to reading it. But can you give me your thoughts on Dean Pease going against Lamar Jackson and more or less help me prep for my game Saturday night? Right. Uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't struggled a lot during the season, obviously, but the times he has struggled, I'd say the Chiefs game was one of them and the Steelers game, they ended up winning. He threw a couple picks. One 
similarity between those defensive game plans was they disguised a lot of coverages. And if you've seen Dean P's defense, that's basically just what they do. That's what he's known for. That's what he's best at. And they've been using this concept that I wrote about in the offseason. It's got, it was got big in college last year. It's getting used more and more in the NFL. It's called uh, like a creeper. It's like a blitz design where they're not really blitzing. They're dropping a traditional pass rusher out and sending a linebacker or DB. So you're getting a four-man rush, but it looks like a blitz to the quarterback. And I think that at least has a chance of giving Lamar Jackson some problems. Like it, it might confuse him a little bit. It might make him pull the ball down when he should. It might make him throw into coverage, which is what happened against the Chiefs. And they did a lot of coverage des- designs. So while I think the Ravens are going to win, I do think this is a, like, it's a good matchup. And I think the Titans might have a little bit of a chance of staying in the game. All right. So give me one upset you think will, or at least likely to happen this weekend. Oh, I'm going to pick the Seahawks just because I think they have the better quarterback in that matchup. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. I've said this forever. If I could only have one quarterback for the next 10 years, it's Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in the NFL. He, I was on sideline Sunday. He made three or four plays in that game. It is just ridiculous. Especially with, I don't know how he sees some of the things he sees at times. It's crazy. Last thing for me, Stephen, I can tell from your Twitter feed that you are big on minority hiring in the NFL and the Rooney rule. Dave and I have been talking about it really for the last couple days. And I guess my question now at this point is, do you have a solution? Like, do, do you have an idea for how it can be better? I, I don't like short of forcing owners to hire minority owner uh, coaches. What can you do? They put in this rule, but it's up to the owners to actually, you know, take it seriously and give those minority coaches a chance rather than just giving them a token interview. So I don't know what you can do besides changing the owner ownership out and putting in some more people willing to hire a more diverse coaching staff. Yeah. I would really like to see of all the things he weighs in on, Where the hell is Colin Kaepernick on this issue? This is an issue I think he could actually lead on. And unlike what's going on in Iran, he could be informed on very easily. I'm baffled by his silence on this. I'm also surprised that the word racism is always left out of the conversation. Isn't the process racist? And it might not just be the owners. It might be the head coaches because they're not hiring um, quarterbacks, coaches, line coaches, young assistants that are minorities. It, it's the entire process, isn't it, Stephen? Yeah, I think racism is a word that makes some people uncomfortable. I think it's something that we mm. should use more often and point it out when it happens. But I definitely, I don't, I don't know how you can deny that racial bias affects not only the hiring but the firing of black coaches. Like I heard Ross bring up Steve Wilkes and Vance Joseph in the last segment. Those guys got one season. Like Matt Patricia is getting three season, and he's been a disaster from handling the locker room. They were players were like revolting. Like after training camp, the defense is the worst in the league, and it's getting worse. And he's getting year three. Gus Bradley got four years, and he was the worst coach. Like in terms of winning percentage, he was the worst coach that has ever gotten three years, besides a guy from like the 30s, and he owned the team. So I mean, I don't know how you can deny racial bias doesn't affect these hiring and firing decisions. 
Yeah, it's a bizarre situation, and certainly something needs to change. Officiating will have to be addressed. Let's hope the NFL tries to address this problem in the offseason. Steven Ruiz, we appreciate the time. Check him out on Twitter and on For the Win. So you, you don't hate Ross. Did we did we clear that up? I don't hate him. Just cool it with the Kyle Allen takes, and we can be we can be cool. <laughs> hey, you know what? Look it out, boys. Let me just say this, all right? I defend the undrafted free agents. And I thought Kyle Allen was playing pretty well. And what I hate is when a guy, I was an undrafted free agent, Steven. So what happens is if he was a first or second round pick, people would have been like, wow, this guy's doing well. They're winning. He, they're, they're scoring. All right. But because he's undrafted free agent, as soon as he had one shitty game, it was bench him. He sucks. Put Will Greer in. Guess what? Will Greer sucks. Kyle Allen was way better than Will Greer. Everybody wanted to bench Kyle Allen for Will Greer. Kyle Allen was definitely better than him. I just thought a guy who's in year one, his first year didn't even count, should get a little bit longer of a leash like like the first round or second round picks do when he was playing that well or they were winning at least. I agree when the alternative option wasn't Cam Newton. Like once Cam Newton was out for the year, I agree with you. I Look up my Will Greer takes if you want if you think I hate someone. I don't really hate Will Greer, but I hate his game. Got it. Thanks, Steven. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Hi everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.